Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. It's been a while again. Uh, this is your host, Steve, and with me here again. It's EJ on a very hot Wednesday evening here in Chicago. Though less hot than it has been. It's so. true. It's true. Counting our blessings. Um, wanted to start today on kind of a sad note, but uh, U.S. Representative uh, Sean Kasten uh, from Illinois uh, announced yesterday his uh, 17-year-old daughter, Gwen, passed away suddenly. Uh, and just, he's a great guy uh, by all accounts. His daughter was an activist and you know, worked on his campaigns and was doing great things in the community. Uh, so you know, sort of thoughts go out to him and, uh, and the family there. And it's just yeah, it's a, it's a real hell shame. of a thing. Um, it is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So there you go. So, uh, we got lots to talk about. We do. Uh, we've got some election circus news. We've got January 6th commission news. We could talk about inflation. We could talk we could. about Ukraine. We've got all kinds of stuff. It's all the greatest hits, people. And we have huge Illinois news. Yeah, it's so Illinois huge, news. I haven't even put it. I don't even know outline. what this news is. He doesn't people. know what it is, but you've got to stick around. I'm trusting him that it is the huge. tremendous, tremendous news. Tremendous news. Trump is now governor. Illinois. Wait, what? Uh, okay. No. no uh, by the so. way, a, a t- quick technical note: it is a little windy here, so you may pick that up on the podcast. You may not. These mics are pretty good. We're hoping. So, yeah, if you don't, then this will be this podcast will be sponsored by. The wind, the wind. I whoever, whoever makes this. Oh, uh, by uh, this would be uh, sure, sure, sure. Good, good local company. Good local company, right up there on Tui. So, election circus 2022. It's been it's primary season. Yes. Everybody loves primary season. Yeah. Especially when it's not in my state, which I what I call sort of drinking wine and fearing for the worst. Yeah. Just every every Tuesday now. Yes. Um, well, and it's it's kind of it's a little hard to track because it's you know every. You know, you get every Tuesday, there's something going on somewhere in some state somewhere. So it's like, it's a little hard to keep track of it all. So we're trying to get the highlights to you. Yeah. Um, First of all, one of the things that I've been keeping track of, and other people have too, is just the sheer number of GOP candidates running on the premise of the 2020 election being fraudulent. Yeah. It's a a basic entry requirement at this point. It's more than 30. um, And by and large... You know, are they faring better, worse than others? It's really still hard to tell. But there are enough winning in important races that it's it's pretty terrifying. It's definitively not disqualifying at this point. Uh, <laughs> true. Um, so we had already talked about the the Pennsylvania governor's race. So Mastriano, uh, he's the Republican nominee. He's super crazy, absolutely crazy. This week. Uh, South Carolina, AG and governor, both of the Republican nominees, doubted the uh, the election results at the very least, if not outright said that they were fraudulent. Um, and Nevada, just as crazy. You know, we've got, you know, we've got people in Nevada who said every election for, for the last 40 years was fraudulent. Yeah. Up until he won his... His primary. Right. Well, of course. That makes perfect sense. Um, I hope it's disqualifying in a general. We won't know until... Yeah. What I'm, what I'm really afraid of happening is that there's going to, we're going to go into November. There's going to be people 
not sufficiently energized, people who are frustrated with the status quo, who won't be aware of these things, who will then go and vote for this. And we will end up with a secretary of state in a, in a state who will throw out votes and, and you know, just destroy because. our democracy just because that's how they do now. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a real risk that we're running that that's going to be what we see in November if we're not very careful. Yeah. No, 100%. 100% agree. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. What about... Uh, you got, so we got New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, so we've got a county commission there that's refusing to certify the election returns because they don't trust the voting machines. Guess who manufactures the it, voting machines? It's the tallying machines that they tallying don't trust. Tallying machines, excuse just, me. Just saying. But uh, it is good old Dominion voting machines, which, yeah, of and course, are famous from And Trump's. when the canvassing board met, yes. right, they, didn't, they didn't say that they found anything wrong. Like, they, the report that they had gotten was that everything looked fine. And this is in Otero County, um, pretty rural. Um, everything seemed okay, but he's like, they're like, we just don't trust the machines. We don't know that anything, we just don't trust. We want a hand recount. And there's no, there actually was no legal recourse for them to get a hand recount. Yeah. Um, so they just said, eh, we're not going to certify. Let somebody else do it. Yeah. So now, so they've been sued by the Secretary of State. The Supreme Court has stepped in and saying they have to certify those votes by Friday. Um, the com one of the commissioners uh, that's part of the commission was the founder of Cowboys for Trump, Coy Griffin. Coy Griffin, of course, and was one of the people found guilty of trespassing at the one six insurrection. Just yeah. so you know, and he's, the his sentencing is next month, I think. Um, yeah. It's just shit. Okay. Uh, it just. Uh, then we move on to Alaska, where yeah. Sarah Palin is set to win her primary for the House. Yeah. Well, and I think this is this is actually uh, kind of a jungle primary electiony thing for the seat that's been vacated. So yeah. a representative passed away and filling the seat for whatever, um, which is, yeah. yeah. We were hoping well, it was going to be, because I think they have to go to another election now, but Sarah yeah. Palin winning. You know, well, what happened to Santa Claus? I thought Santa Claus was supposed to win this election. You know, Santa Claus is a guy. Clearly. Yeah, he's a politician in Alaska. A guy who looked like Santa Claus, so he just had his name changed to Santa Claus. He was governor, or he was mayor uh, uh, for a while, and he was running for the seat. So, Sarah Palin, ruining Christmas. Uh, it's got exactly. it. Exactly. But, you know, it's, it's funny, like, how things have changed. You know, you think Sarah Palin, and when she got involved in politics, and when she was on the scene, and now it's like, she'd probably be one of the more moderate Republicans yeah. in this lunatic fringe I mean, it, it is kind of insane how far that's, that's gone, how far that's swung. Again, we're all over here saying like, "Thank God, Liz Cheney is the uh, <laughs> is you know waving the the reasonable standard, right?" Yeah, yeah. I'd I love to go back to myself in a time machine and be like, "You'll you'll be kind of happy about what Liz Cheney's doing," and I'd be like, "Wait, Lynn Cheney? No, no, Liz Cheney. Like, really? No, no, no. Um, there shouldn't be a time that I agree with Liz Cheney." So then. 
no, no primary in Georgia, but we have some interesting news about Herschel Walker, who has previously won the primary for the Republican Senate there. Yeah, and I mean, Herschel Walker is a stupendously bad candidate. Oh, yeah. By, by every measure. I mean, I do want to take a moment and just acknowledge the fact that the chances that he isn't suffering from CTA are near, or CT, excuse me, not CTA, that's the trains, CTE, yeah. the chances he's not suffering from it are like near zero. Right. And so part of me feels a little bit bad about this, but like, Jesus, he's a terrible candidate. <laughs> and, and what strikes me is how much of this stuff is coming out after the primary. Like, they didn't, come, they didn't manage to dig any of this up during the primary. It's now all coming to light. Yeah, and I wonder, I, I sort of wonder if part of that is, was strategy, right? I think Warnock would rather run against Herschel Walker. Oh, I'm just meaning the other GOP candidates didn't yeah, dig any of this I, up. I mean, but how did they not know? I mean, like, so, so let's just talk about yeah. all of the things that he kind of says and lies about. I'll, I'll take the, you know, him saying he graduated in the top 1% of his class. He didn't graduate from college. Just straight up, didn't okay. graduate. Like, I mean, that's easily provable. Yeah. And you know, I just go like, oh, did you? Did, nope, no diploma. No, good. He said he worked with the police, the FBI. Nope, nope, not at all. Not one little bit. He's got all these businesses that he said like he owns and things like that. Nope, doesn't own them. Just, just making it up. Yeah. Um, a self-described model dad who has openly criticized absentee fathers Turns out he has three children that he's never really acknowledged before. Like, he's had, you know, apparently does financial support or whatever, but, like, they're just kind of out there in the world, and, eh. Yeah. Mm. Model dad. Model dad. Yeah. Uh, and then his quotes on uh, the Uvalde shooting are impressive. Um, <laughs> so he starts with... Cain killed Abel, and that's a problem that we have. Okay. But then my favorite. What about getting a department then to look at young men that's looking at women that's looking at their social media? What about doing that? Looking into things like that, and we can stop that that way. What, what are you talking about? I mean, it's all insane. It's all insane. It's all words It's all out. about Instagram, everybody. That's, yeah. that's the root cause of this problem. Ugh. And I, I, mean, I mean, okay, Instagram is a problem. It's 90 Fine, degrees but. out here, and I'm shivering because of how <laughs> terrible he is. Um, but I've got to tell you, I, I've heard uh, Raphael Warnock speak a lot recently. Um, I think he, they're trying to get his profile up because it's a, it's a contested seat. He's just released a book. Um, and also, Herschel Walker has a lot of name recognition. He does. So, he does. But... Raphael Warnock has already won a statewide election for sure, in Georgia. For sure. So, uh, you know, I would love to see, and I don't know if Herschel Walker is actually going to debate him, but I would love <laughs> to see that debate. That would be epic. Uh, he will not. Epic. No, he will not debate him. That would be, okay, I mean, well, unless he's just got the ego to think, yeah, that's going to go well, I should absolutely do that. Well, but, I don't think he debated in the Republican primary. Oh, well, and he's not going to do that. So, moving on from there. There's a bipartisan framework 
I love when we say that. To address some problems, to, to change some policy around guns in the United States. Yes. I can't believe we're actually saying that. In a Senate that's done virtually nothing. And, and to be fair, a framework is not much better than virtually nothing. However, at least they got people to vote in favor of possibly doing something which is a step further than what we've gotten before. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, so, look, after the shooting in Evaldi, um, you know, there was some drive to try to get something on the table. And even McConnell said, okay, well, we can start having these conversations. I guess that's how it has to work, that it needs to be, needs to be blessed. And we're at a point now where they're, they've got a framework around some, you know, some ways to change the policies, um, things around incentivizing red flag laws. Um, right. So, so like they're providing money for red flag laws. Right. But they're not, there's no federal, like, red flag law. It is, right. like, up to the states to do it, which yeah. doesn't necessarily yeah, but you, help that much. But maybe, but maybe that money helps Illinois do, you know, I, I, I don't know what, whether we have a red flag law or not. I, I'm hopeful we do. But. but I don't know that it could work any other way. Right? So if there were a federal red flag law, you would have to go to a federal court to get it enforced. That would be... I mean, difficult. there are ways you could do this, right? Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, I mean, the, the federal government got all the states to change the speed limit to 55. Like, there are ways you can, there are yeah. ways you can do things if you really want to. Um, sure. You know, and there, I mean, so the, I, I, I want to say that, like, the things in the framework are positive steps. Yeah. Small steps. Sure. I find myself wondering, though, like, are, are frameworks like a, a relatively new innovation? Because I feel like I never heard about a, a framework for anything yeah. until now where it's like, well, if we have frameworks, we can have a vote on something and make us all feel good that we're voting for a thing. Right. That doesn't mean we're actually going to do it. Because remember, like all of the stuff around uh, the, you know, the build back better, we had yeah. a framework for that. We didn't did. actually pass it. We did it. have a framework. I was going to bring that up, too. I'm like, I remember when we talked about the frameworks before. And I think you're yeah. right. I, I feel like um, somehow, like, these frameworks. Like, it gives somebody the opportunity to say they voted for something, but yeah. not without, act, without, without actually yeah. do the hard work of getting something done. Well, there you go. So, we'll see. I mean, hey, if they manage to get this done, I will be the first one to say I'm, I'm both shocked and pleased. Yeah. Even if yeah. it is only a small step in the right direction. I, uh, me, too. Me too. I do like on the House side, there's been a law proposed to increase the tax on AR style weapons uh, to a thousand percent. I think 10,000 percent would be better, but you know, uh, hey, you know it's a step in the right and, direction. <laughs> but the thing is, they can do that through budget reconciliation. Uh, they don't need 60 votes. Clever, clever. Yeah. It seems I like reasonable. It. I like it. Seems reasonable. All right. So we'll see. But, so, you know. Really, the thing that's gone on over the last two weeks that's been, I think, most interesting has been the January 6th commission hearings. Yes. We've been waiting for them. They've been clearly taking their time. And 
really focusing on production value. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm curious, like, what your expectations were going into this. Um, I, if I'm honest, they were pretty low. Yeah, mine too. That's I, why I'm asking. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to learn anything new. I'm not going to, you know. It's going to be some dry, you know, yeah. testimony by somebody. Like, okay. but and it, It's just not going to be interesting. Um, you know, I've already made up my mind. Like, but. Infrastructure, everybody. Yeah, we did have infrastructure week the last time we were we were at Dovetail. <laughs> I you know, I started watching I started watching the the first night, the primetime night, and I was instantly struck by how they were trying to sort of lay out the narrative. Yeah. So you know, definitely not just not super dry. They've they've clearly taken the hours and hours and hours of interviews together. They've said, this is the story that we're trying to tell. Here are the chapters. Yeah. You know, they're, they're interspersing what I don't like, which is like the politicians kind of telling part of the story and then saying, but let's hear it in their own words. And then, you know. <laughs> they can't help themselves. Yeah. I will say they are, they are very restrained compared to the way that you normally expect. It's like, you true. normally, it's like everybody's got to have their two minutes to do their spiel. And yeah. Go on the record, and and they've they've largely avoided that. Yeah, that's um, true. That's and true. like the overall like production values of all of this have been good. Um, if maybe they talk to Al Gore's people when they you know about you know how he put his PowerPoint decks together for his movie, nice. and they're like, here's how you do it, guys. Al Gore was in today's. <laughs> and I can explain why yeah. in a minute. But. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so. They did the primetime hearings. Uh, Fox News, as you might imagine, did not trust their viewers to be able to watch that. Um, so they had Tucker Carlson on instead. They had no commercial. Commercial-free. Commercial-free, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Because nobody would sponsor him. Well, I mean, that's part <laughs> of it, right? Maybe. Um, uh, yeah, and that first night was was really fascinating. Again, we heard from... They, they were telling the emotional part of the story. Yeah. Right? There was so, a very strong emphasis on uh, the police who were there and what yeah. they were dealing with. Um, and I've, I found myself thinking about like, you know, how many of those people who were there assaulting police that had blue lives matter paraphernalia, yeah. you know, yeah. the flag with the blue line in it, yes. the, the, the testimony from, uh, the woman who is a Capitol police officer was enthralling. It was amazing. And then they mirrored her with a documentary filmmaker who was embedded with, the Proud Boys. And so yeah. we saw new footage, footage we had never seen before. And it, like, it told a very compelling story of what was happening that night. See, that's CTA, yeah. not CTE. Right. So it, it told a compelling story of what was happening that day and you know how people in the moment felt it and experienced it because I think, you know, part of that was trying to counter the narrative that it was, oh, it was nothing. It was like just some tourists. Like, right. I mean, it was, as she said, like she was slipping on blood. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't happen in normal tourist activities, at least the ones oh, I go yes, to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So really fascinating on that first day. And then you could tell how, 
you know, they've got a theme for each day. So day two was essentially about how nobody, nobody in the administration, save a couple of people, actually thought that the election was stolen. Right. And they all expressed that to Trump. Yeah. The one exception to all of this was Rudy Giuliani. And they made a point of proving or, or having people testify to the fact that Rudy Giuliani was visibly drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in a room full of people, all of whom are saying exactly the same thing, all of whom are reasonable actors, Trump is going to buy into the story told by the drunk guy. Yeah. I, I don't know about all reasonable actors. Let's not... Let's not, Let's not it, whitewash it a little bit here, but like <laughs> from a legal know, standard, yeah. it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative at this point. And they're like talking to his campaign managers like, oh, yeah, we knew he lost. And the guy from Fox News who was in charge of the decision desk, like, yep, lost. Yep. Totally lost. Yep. We called Arizona. Our model was working perfectly. Nothing about what we saw was was at all anomalous. Just he yep. just lost. Right. Um and then today, oh, they also had the little bit about Trump defrauding voter or donors, which right, I thought basically was all the money that was that was the Metro that time, yeah. everybody. Uh, but then they got into yeah, like all the money that Trump was getting from his donors and some of the shenanigans around that, and so like it basically they're clearly just writing a long form letter to the Justice Department about like look at this. Look at this. And this. <laughs> yeah, so if you know that this thing isn't true and you are using it to, A, you know, get money from people, solicit money from people and putting it to places that you've set, expressly said it's not going, and B, you know, using it to maybe disrupt official proceedings, um, then that shows criminal intent. Uh, today was all about pressure put on Mike Pence. Yep. It was also very interesting because the point of today was kind of to make Pence look good and sympathetic. Right. And there's definitely like a, yeah, he's kind of a shitbag, but he did things the right way yeah. when, when, when the chips were down. And so good on him. I mean, it's like with Liz Cheney. It's like, yeah. yeah, we don't really like them, and they've done bad things, but, yeah, they got the, like, this is the kind of Republican we can nominally deal with. Like, somebody we do disagree with, yeah, but fundamentally seems to understand that we have a system of laws that we largely should agree to. Right. And so today focused on a lot of John Eastman, who is the law professor who is presumably doing a lot of cocaine. Um, who kind of wrote the theory that they were basing all of the, uh, all of their, you know, send it back to the states on, like so his all of his theories were around Pence's ability as president of the Senate during this period of time during the counting to say nope I don't like those I don't like any of those folks. It has to go back to the states, or I'm going to just choose to recognize the other slates of electors. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they lead with that, and then they go through a litany of people who are all like, nobody, no, that's just completely wrong. Nobody believed that. Here's how many times we told the president that that doesn't make any sense. 
Eastman that doesn't make any sense. Like, like there's there's nothing more antithetical to American democracy than a single person being able to have that much right. power, right? Um, and and it was amazing how many people they you know they got to talk about this. At the same time, they were talking about the threats that the president put towards Mike Pence to pressure him to do this thing. So, you know, trying to get him to change his mind about how, what he's going to do on the 6th and, again, lined up a number of people, you know, including people like Pence's chief of staff who's like, on the 5th, told the Secret Service, it's going to get ugly. We're going to need extra help because the president's going to turn on us. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. And then on the 6th, as they're going to evacuate, and Pence is like, I'm not getting in the car. And his his lead Secret Service guy is like, why don't you want to get in the car? He's like, I trust you. I don't know who's behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrifying, right? So they've they've built this whole story, and then they, they tied it together with a couple of questions that I thought were very interesting. And I'm, I'm really going to be fascinated to hear from people who actually have any knowledge of the law. Because they started asking questions that are like, so this email essentially says, is asking Mike Pence to break the law, right? Yes. Okay. And this is, you know, if you did this, this would be breaking the law. Yes. So clearly building that criminal conspiracy. And the email they're talking about is an email from John Eastman yep. to Mike Pence's chief of staff um, at, you know, right before they started to, to do the counting again that says, essentially, well, we've already violated the Electoral Counting Act because the challenge took more than two hours because, you know, rioters in the building for four right. hours. Um, so you might as well violate that act one more time and just postpone this for 10 days and ask the states uh, to recertify. And, and truth be told, if you're going to break a law, break a law, you know, yeah, just, I mean, just go with it. Um, Amazing that he put that into an email. Well, he thought he was going to get pardoned by the new president. <laughs> and that is also really, really interesting, some new information, that there is also an email. So there was an exchange between Eastman and uh, Eric Hirschman, who's legal counsel. Um, and <laughs> Hirschman essentially said, listen to Eastman, was like, I think you're out of your fucking mind. That's... That's terrible. Yeah. And then a call on January 7th, Hirschman said, I'm going to give you, first he said, there are only two words I want to hear from you. Orderly transition. The only two words I want to hear out of your mouth. Yeah. It's like, now I'm going to give you the best free legal advice you've ever gotten. Get yourself a really good criminal defense attorney. Yeah. Because you're going to need it. And what was funny was the way that they did this in the <laughs> during the the hearing the next part was and so eastman emailed rudy giuliani i'm like wait what <laughs> that, that's the worst criminal attorney <laughs> right. i mean did I, my, did I did i not mention the, the visibly drunk part of this yeah, like, like did, come on should he, maybe you should have just gone to saul goodman yes. but then it was the email was to ask about getting a pardon could I? I think i need to be on the pardon list yeah. if that's still in the which works which is interesting is that this is so this all happens on january 6th 
the official transition of power does not happen until January 20th. So there was two full weeks to yeah. pardon all these people, and Trump didn't do it. <laughs> and, and my hunch of it is that he didn't pardon them because he didn't want himself to look like he was doing something nefarious just because he just doesn't want to look bad. I, like, I think he was mad that it didn't work. Well, that's, and so yeah, he blamed them for it not too. working, right? Yeah. I mean, when does when does Trump do something that's not vindictive, right? There was there was no upside for him pardoning yeah. them. It wasn't going to make him look good. He probably was mad at them. Yeah. Um, the other kind of interesting thing, there, you know, Kushner and and Ivanka have had video testimony up there. Ivanka looks, I, I mean, it's uncanny valley. She doesn't even look human. <laughs> um, and and of course, then Trump threw her under the bus after she testified. They showed her testimony where she they're like, "Do you think it was stolen?" She's like, "I believe Bill Barr." And then he was like, "She's terrible. She checked out. William Barr sucked," which um, is pretty bad when Trump's throwing her under I know, the bus. I know, because um, it's like the like the only person he seemed to have any human connection to at all, <laughs> and she doesn't even seem human. Um, then Jared Kushner, they're asking him about things. He's like, I don't know, man. I was worried about pardons. I was just trying to cue up the pardons. <laughs> so, like, he's up there saying, I, I, you know, what I heard was, I'm selling shit over here. Right. Like, I got a quota. It was end of the quarter. I got to get all these pardons out the door. Right. So, I didn't know election. I didn't. Uh, uh, insurrection. Didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I was on the pardon train over here, yeah. man. I had my AirPods in. Couldn't hear that insurrection. Sound canceling is amazing. <laughs> it, it is amazing. Um, some of the quotes that have come out, uh, you know, uh, Mark Short, who is the chief of staff for Mike Pence, sending a, a text to uh, to Mark Eastman, quote, thanks to your bullshit, we're now under siege. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, no Steven Seagal appearance there. <laughs> um, Pence calling... The stuff he's been was asking for rubber room stuff. I don't. I assume that means crazy. Um, the Hirschman quote that I already mentioned. <laughs> and then, you know, and this is this is kind of a more. Serious one, but so federal judge uh, Michael Ledig, um, who has been, uh, who was sort of advising Trump legally, um, has been not just cooperating with the investigation but supporting it. Um, uh, Republican nominated, uh, a Republican nominated judge, lifelong Republican. Um, he said, and I quote, Donald Trump and his allies in the Republican Party to this day represent a clear and present danger to American democracy. I mean, that is... I, and I would just push back on that because it's really... Like, if Trump went away tomorrow, it's not like this stuff gets fixed. Or the, what is the, the, the momentum yeah. and, and what is driving the Republican Party is going to remain as it is. There's, it's that, yeah. that underlying lack of interest in facts, the, you know, the belief in just, like, their power over democracy, all of that stuff is still going to be in play, yeah. whether he's there or not. The, the sort of, yeah, tilt towards fascism? Uh-huh. I don't like using that word, but I think it's, 
Except that that's what it is. I so you, what you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, you know, I could go for a beer break at this point. I could too, but a bunch of people just walked in. So let me. Oh no. Yeah, there's gonna be a line at the bar. So before we do that, so some concluding thoughts before we go. Yeah. For a beer. Okay. The last thing about the January sixth investigation for now. Um, the other thing that's come out recently, and remember, like a lot of this information, especially around John Eastman, is coming out because um, his emails have been deemed not privileged communication by a federal judge in California who read them all and said, it's more likely than not that Eastman and Donald Trump were involved in a conspiracy to defraud, to obstruct, essentially, a coup in search of a legal theory. So we've seen a lot of these emails. There are still some that they're hoping to get. But what was really interesting is there were there was at least one email maybe more between John Eastman and Ginny King Thomas wife of Supreme Court Justice Thomas yes um, so she's now the the committee has said they're gonna subpoena her and she came back and said I cannot wait to talk to the committee so there you go also of note Eastman did testify at the committee he uh, took the Fifth Amendment uh, pled the Fifth Amendment over a hundred times um, <laughs> Okay, which one I, which I, which our Constitution allows for. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's sure, fine. Sure, totally sure. fine. You know, shouldn't incriminate yourself. Yeah. That's our job. Um, also of note is that the vast majority of the witnesses are either Republican, you know, they, they've worked in Republican operations or they're, you know, Republican scholars. I mean, it's it's not... They're not bringing a bunch of Democrats out to testify. These are all right. Republicans because they're all eyewitnesses because they were part of the, they were part of what was going yeah. on. Um, and while the panel is moderately bipartisan, um, the witnesses have been very much from the and, Republican Party. And it'll be interesting because, I mean, clearly there's some intent to make this seem as nonpartisan as yeah. possible, right? It's like, these are Republicans saying this stuff, people. Um, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see if that lands home with the right people, though. Yeah. It okay. only, it only la- needs to land home with 10% of the American public. Right. So just keep that right. in mind. Yeah, the, the, the true believers are, are beyond help at this point, so we're not worried about that. It's, yeah. it's the people who, you know, getting the right people who nominally will show up and making sure they're voting the correct way and not voting yeah. for the... One six crazies. Anyhow, uh, it is time for us to have some more beers, so yeah, we're going to we'll pause right here and we'll be right back. To the markets. Yes, so let's talk about. We basically got most of sort of the core politics news, so time to talk about the markets. Because I don't want. I don't want to. They're painful, right? I don't now. want to talk about them. They they make me sad. Um, I, I I appreciate the privilege that I have that I've been able to watch the money I've invested in the markets vaporize. Um, but yeah, so the S and P is officially in a bear market. Uh, the Fed is trying to stomp on the brakes to stop inflation, which probably isn't going to do much until they've pretty much crashed the economy. So it's all great. Mostly I want to talk about this because I just want to laugh at Bitcoin. Yeah. Because uh, let's, let's, let's go back in time. Uh, 
Days of yore. Yeah, it was up at sixty, like sixty-four thousand dollars for a single Bitcoin. Like, what? Meteoric rise, skyrocketing into the future of currency, and it is now worth around twenty-one thousand, I think. I mean, which is still a lot, which is still kind of absurd for something that doesn't really actually have any value. Uh, you know, and here's the thing. Like, people will, will argue that, well, dollars don't really have value and stocks don't really have value. It's like, yes, but, like, I can take a dollar and I can go to this uh, fine brewery here, Beguile, which we haven't talked about at all, so we should correct that as we're doing this. Uh, I can go to this fine brewery and I can purchase a a tangerine flying tangerine what is it it's tangerine something or other it's it's uh yeah, it's flying tangerine it awesomeness. is tangerine when tangerines fly yes there we go so i can buy a fine when tangerines fly which $3 is three dollars for ale. the five ounce draft or seven dollars to 16 ounce draft you know how you know what i can do with the bitcoin here nothing i can do nothing now if i was trying to buy illegal drugs um or maybe do a weapons deal or do ransomware bitcoin all the way yeah, yeah. but that's really all you can do it with it or online poker or online poker, apparently. Uh, also good for online poker. Okay, so um, there you go. And and in that sort of you know crypto thing, did you know that in the last couple of days, Elon Musk, Tesla, and SpaceX have been sued for an alleged Dogecoin pyramid scheme. <laughs> the. the the snake has eaten its tail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's going on here? Like, all these things finally yeah. coming together. It's okay. like a $250 million lawsuit. Okay. Now, as somebody who owns some Dogecoin, I say, go for it. Anyway, <laughs> what, about, uh, what about everybody's favorite NFTs? How do you feel about the NFTs there? Uh, I think they're bullshit. I see. Uh, How are they going right now? They're they're, they're not. Uh, apparently, interest in NFTs has fallen off by like 90% because everybody's figured out that they're really not anything. And most of what is out there is a bunch of copies of things and lots of fraud. So yeah. not not really working out. They, I, I mean, nobody expected the right click. Right. That yeah, was the right. Yeah. What brought it down. <laughs> the right click. I'm going to I'm going to start a crypto company called Right Click. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, um, I, and, but I think, actually, their saving grace is the following. Bill Gates has come out and said, <laughs> crypto and NFTs are just the extension of there's always somebody dumber. Yes. So now that Bill Gates has come out against them, surely... But he's been shorting it, so he's got an interest in this, you see. You know, well, I'm, I'm going to say, surely, like, the anti vaxxers I don't know how you, sh- you, you short Bitcoin, but if you could, I would have done it. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't know, have, because it's you really short. risky to short shit. But no, you can't, you can't like, short a... I would short uh, things, except for the fact... Because, like, just, like, that's the way my brain works, is, like, this is definitely not going to work out. But, like, shorting is actually really dangerous thing to do financially. Well, um, it depends on how you do it. And this is why all the apes on Wall Street Bets on Reddit... Or super stonk, if you've gotten off the Wall Street bets, would tell you that the problem is naked shorting, where you're shorting without the financial resources to pay the loan back. Right. And then you have a cascade of things. Yes. The other thing that they'll say is happening, and I, I think this is probably true, is people borrowing shares to short when they don't have the shares to actually borrow. And so, you know, one of the things that, that is a recommendation 
is to directly register your shares. So they're not just registered for the, with a broker. So let's say you buy, let's say, 100 shares of, I'm going to make up a company here, AMC or right. GameStock. Right. And Which are set yeah, to you buy break them, through in the future. Yeah, you buy yes. them through a broker, your Schwab account or something like that. Essentially, Schwab can control what happens with those. They can loan them out on your behalf unless you directly register them. Because they are kind of you're kind of behind the curtain there. Yeah. Um, so by directly registering them, you remove them from the pool of shares that can be kind of moved around in a shady way. Okay. In theory, and we'll come back to that when we talk about Illinois politics. Okay. But I think my conclusion here is that naked shorting bad. So wear clothes when you do it. Got exactly. It. All right. Exactly. Um, so there's like a crypto hedge fund that's imploded worth like $10 billion that couldn't meet its margin call. Coinbase laid off a thousand people. Coinbase, How did Coinbase have a thousand people? <laughs> they like they did some crazy hiring because they were growing into the infinite future, which then blew up. My favorite thing, though, is like so the market cap of, of crypto has gone from three trillion to one trillion. Right. And it's like, well, wow, that's a lot of money. It's gone. But it was never but, there. But here's the thing. I, and just let me let's walk through the scenario. I'm going to pretend that I am a crypto person and I am going to make a coin called Draft Politics Coin. And I'm going to mint a million of them. There are going to be a million Draft Politics coins. And I'm going to sell one of those coins to EJ, my Great. friend here. I'll buy and I'm it. going to sell it to you for Wait, how much? $100. $100. So now. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. I have. $99,999,900 worth of market capitalization of my coin. That's true. Now, will anybody else buy those coins? No. no. But I'm worth $99,999,900, right? But then you could buy Twitter. And then I could buy Twitter. Okay, Except let's do this. Elon Musk is already mostly failing to buy but, Twitter, but, you know, whatever. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's start it. Let's see how, Drop how far we can do this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'd call it DP coin, but that probably wouldn't work out well. So, okay, international. You heard the idea is it has blossomed, everybody. It's going to be great. starting the future. Tune in for our NFTs. Tune in for our NFTs. <laughs> right click them if you need to. <laughs> It'll just be pictures of beer cans. Very, very colorful, pretty pictures of beer cans, but you know. Hmm. Or actually, need beer taps because it's draft politics. It's not yes, can politics. I know. I know. This is the problem. It's not a can. It's a private okay. keg. It's a private keg. That's right. That's right. It's a private keg. Kegs. Private kegs, not cans. It sounds so, so much classier. Beautiful. So beautiful. So much classier. Uh, international. War in the Ukraine still going on. Yes. Uh, so the tide of the war is not going away. Ultimately, we'd probably like. Um, Russia has been... If you look at kind of the dynamics of this, Russia tried to take the country as fast as they could. And it played a lot into the advantages that that Ukraine nominally had. And they kind of regrouped. And now basically they're just slowly grinding it out with, you know, destroying places with artillery and slowly mm -hmm. moving their troops in. And they have artillery that can hit from further away than anything that, you know, the Ukrainian troops have to fight back. So, um, the U.S. is trying to help with this a little bit by uh, providing them with MLRS, multiple launch rocket systems. Um, interestingly, there was like some debate about whether we were going to provide them or not. 
And because the, of their range, right? Because of their range. And so the Biden administration set, decided, okay, we're going to let them have them, but then we only provide the rockets with 50-mile range when these nominally can go as far as 180 miles. Right. And basically they're just trying to make sure there's a, there's a tight line here of giving the Ukrainians the weapons to defend themselves and to retake Ukraine versus giving them weapons to attack Russia. Right. And... Because then, you know, then if they attack Russia, then we start turning in this whole nuclear war thing, which nobody really is a big fan of. I mean, I don't know enough about weaponry to, to understand the nuance here. Um, I do know that when Russia was shelling cities in the West and, you know, coming close to Kiev there was a lot more attention paid. And now it's like a lot of the fighting is in the same places it's been for the last several years. Yeah. And it's less compelling to people, which is... Well, and I think it's just a matter of just, it's that kind of normal human instinct of, well, this has been going on for a while, and yeah. so you tune out. I mean, and I, you know, I mean, personally, I think about, I was regularly every evening kind of like tuning yeah, into, sure. you know, various news sites, just trying to see like, well, what's going on? What's the latest? And, and at this point, like, there's only so much focus you can have at, after a point it kind of fades. But, you know, I think it's important that we keep bringing this up. Yeah. It's just to at least mention it out there, um, even though the war. I mean, so it, it seems like, yeah, Russia's kind of got the, the, the advantage right now. But ultimately, like, as there's a response from the West, then it'll probably go the other direction. Um, where it could get interesting long run is if... Europe, if the U.S. start feeling like we need to find a way to end this yeah. and are start putting pressure on the Ukrainians to find some sort of compromise with Russia and basically just say, well, you can have this part of the country so we can end oil there, sanctions. There's no way they aren't putting that pressure on Ukraine now. I'm sure that they are. Entirely possible. Um, nobody wants that war to be going on. Um, I, you know, I, I would say they don't like where it's at, but at the same time, yeah. You know, I can't imagine that they're not saying you're going to have to find some kind of compromise. Yeah. Um, again, um, Russia can still be a pariah. You know, there are these reports of Putin sort of having cancer and being very ill. You know, maybe that's the case. Maybe they've poisoned um, him with radioactive things because that's that's a very Russian thing to do. It is. It is. They're they're quite good at it. Um, there was a visit from uh, the leaders of France, Germany, and Italy. Um, I love the Russian description of this, uh, oh. describing them as connoisseurs of frogs, liverwurst, and pasta, which sounds delightful to me. I don't know why that's an, that, why that's wrong. I mean, I mean a liverwurst. Okay, fine, whatever. But yeah, nobody, nobody, but, nobody's but, but looking you know for liverwurst. Frog legs are good. I'm just saying, uh, they are good. They are quite tasty. I agree. Um. And it has gonna, been pretty complain about pasta. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's been pretty interesting to watch Europe kind of wean themselves of Russian oil and gas pretty quickly. Um, and I I hope it's sustainable. Yeah, it's certainly a lot easier to pull off in the summer than it is in the winter. Yeah, sure. Um, Gives you the time to do it. Yeah. Well, and I get the impression that, like, Russia has been sort of somewhat retaliating by kind of gas exports, so it's been like... Yeah. 
It's, you know, we'll see what happens. Apparently, the Russian trains are having a lot of problems because they're running out of bearings. Because uh, I guess they did a lot of conversion to this certain kind of bearing. Uh, and now they don't have access to any of that anymore. So all their trains are starting to break down. Well, that's interesting. And they're kind of dependent on that, <sighs> yeah. especially given, like, the, the scale of Russia. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do, you know, to do the transit around there. Do, do you think they could uh, get some more in the uh, bearing straight? Do fish for him there? Boom, boom. No, sorry. Sorry about that. Let's talk about beer before we talk about Illinois. <laughs> Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about beer. We're at Beguile. Sorry, I slipped my uh, tangerine uh, beer in there. So no, it's what fine. Are, what it's are you okay. drinking? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know what I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> Some guy just gave it to me. Yeah, I just I'm said, sure give me a beer. Fine. And the guy said, any kind of beer. Woozy, though. So, you and know. And a reminder to everybody. At Beguile, we are sandwiched between two major rail lines. We've got the Metra Ravenswood line uh, just to our left as I'm looking south. And then on the other side, we've got the CTA line. You'll also note, if you've followed us, that this will happen at Dovetail if we're outside or Empirical if we're outside because it's all the same yeah. stretch of land. Right. It's on the, we're on Ravenswood, which has got like four good to really good breweries, like within a mile and a half of one another. Um, really, really enjoying. I, like every time I come here, I'm like, why don't I come here more? The beer's really good. They've got a special machine to fill growlers. If you've never seen it, it like pressurizes it. It's I, I, it's insane. Yes, it's amazing. It's a magic. Um, so I am drinking. So I had a Megapixel to start, which is an IPA because you know IPAs like you do, like I do. It was, it was really good. It was crisp. It's 93 degrees out. It was still really good. Um, since that day, I have moved on to the No Tomorrow, which is a hazy, uh, very citra-forward. Um, again, tasty, clean. I, look, Beguile makes a hell of an IPA. Um, and they've got about 22 of them on the tap list. So, you know, if you like an IPA, you can't go wrong. Yep. What have you and had? I previously had the Ducks Fly Together, which is a uh, dry hop lager. It was a little bitter to my taste, but, you know, that's kind of how I do. Um, so I decided to go with something that would be clearly refreshing. And uh, this is the... the uh, when Tangerines when Fly. When Tangerines Fly. They only had it in cans. So, like, I came in, I'm like, oh, When Tangerines Fly. I'm like, it's only in cans. I'm like, mm. But I decided on the second run, like, you know what? That's okay. Private kegs are fine by me. Yeah, so private keg. I'm having that now. Private keg. And so that, that phrase, private keg, came to me from uh, Merrily, uh, owner, one of the owners of Twisted Hippo Brewery. Um, and I was in there one day, and I, I ordered a beer that I wanted. And she's like, she grabs a can, and she starts filling. I was like, oh, you don't have it on tap? She's like, no, I've got a keg just for you. <laughs> it's a private keg. Right. And I was like, it's well, beautiful. Well, you win. You have me. You have me. It's branding genius. It is branding genius. So make that a thing, everybody. Yep. Private kegs. Just a case. I'm going to get a 30 rack of private kegs kegs of hams. Okay. Great. So Illinois. Illinois. Do you want the huge Illinois news now? Illinois news. After the train passes. Illinois has just announced a new state animal. 
A new state animal. You it don't is. say. It is. The new state snake of Illinois huh. Huh. is the eastern milk snake. The eastern milk snake. Welcome, eastern milk snake. <laughs> I thought it was so eastern milk stout uh, right. could be the official beer, but it's not. No, it's the eastern milk s- snake. Okay. And the story about this is really awesome, actually. It was a kid who was just like, you know... Didn't when have you said this is awesome, like, this is going to involve a kid. Yes, all right, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> it was like, didn't have Schoolhouse Rock growing up, wrote a letter to a state rep. It's like, I don't understand how the process works. And so they they decided together to craft some legislation to make this the, the state snake, and they walked through the process. The kid got to see it in committee. That's really cool. Go out of committee. Okay. Say, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So... And 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 then somebody somebody complained, and then they called the court, and then they yeah. filibustered and threw it all out because somebody protested. I don't know. No, exactly. No. Then like they actually gave the kid an envelope of money right. to bribe somebody <laughs> to get. So, I mean, so, it was he so got the now, full experience. Now you're a lobbyist, and so you lobby, and you give this, and then I was going to say, and now I can vote for him for Secretary of State <laughs> in the upcoming elections. And then the you throw pr- our votes out, and then you get a snake. Yeah, the primaries are <laughs> June twenty eighth. on him. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a house today in Chicago with "Don't tread on me" and a three percenter flag. Uh, I was driving an electric car because libtard, and so I didn't just drive into his house and blow it up because I like <laughs> didn't have anything flammable in my car. Right, and getting and getting the lithium batteries exploded is you can do it, but it's just complicated. Yeah, and actually, my car's got the replacement batteries. Right, so it's gonna so, be even harder. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. So, um, uh, primary elections coming up, Illinois. Yes, right around the corner. Yes, June twenty eighth, early voting. Already there. You could already vote. I haven't voted. I was thinking about it. You can vote. I've not mail. voted yet. No, I need yeah. to vote. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. That sounds like a good idea. I might vote tomorrow. Why not vote tomorrow? Why don't you vote tomorrow? Everybody should vote. If I get this podcast up between now and June twenty eighth, then yeah. vote tomorrow. Then vote tomorrow. Otherwise, you would be voting in the past. Now and today's that's tomorrow may not be tomorrow's tomorrow. Right. It'd be. It'll probably be today. If I say tomorrow now, that means vote today. Right. But don't vote yesterday. But don't vote yesterday. Right. When will then be now? Soon. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? I know it. I know it. <laughs> you know it. You know it. You know it. Um, I, I think the most interesting race, I, I, there, are, there are several races that I'm interested in as a politics nerd. When you see people like Vanessa Siropoulos, who's like, you've seen her on billboards every election cycle, but it's always for a different thing. Yeah. Now it's for the water reclamation district. Okay. Water, water, reclamation. water reclamation district is a very important thing, yeah. everybody. Even though it's one of those things you're like, Who the, what the hell is this? I don't even know. I, I would say if you are really interested in things, the, the races that are are super fascinating. One, Secretary of State, Jesse White's retiring. Yes. And so you've got like Alexi Janulius. There's another guy. There's who's another been, name you've heard. Yeah, you've seen him. Never won anything. Doesn't win, but, you know. Um, First time for everything. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. The the Cook County Board of Review and Assessor, that's also a very interesting and, a, and an impactful race, right? So Fritz Kage, the current assessor, he's the people running against Fritz the Kegs. They don't like him. He's tried to modernize the office. 
Yeah. Um, and, I, and I, overall, like, my impression is, like, he's done a good job from, like, what I know of somebody whose taxes have gone up because that's what happens. But, you know, but he's done a good job within those, with, you know, it's not his fault. Yeah, well, and, and here's the really interesting thing. The board of review can override him. So he can say, like, this is how we're going to tax people. Yeah. We're going to set the property taxes. Yeah. And the board of review is like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but I know that dude. Or not. So here's 30% off. Yeah. It's like they're giving out discount codes all the time. So pay attention to that. Like that, the, the people running for board of review make decisions about the tax appeals that you send through. And like, I mean, we could talk tax appeals all day long. But we let, don't want let to. Let us not. Yeah. Let us not. <laughs> that's, so, what, that's, that's, what pay, that's what lawyers are paid to do. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, go in go in and, and read about the people running for border review. If you live in Cook County yeah. and you're worried about your taxes, like how is it being yeah. balanced? You know, we still have a huge imbalance between um, private homeowners and commercial real estate. Commercial real estate not paying what they should be paying. Commercial or homeowners paying way too much. And then you have an imbalance in the homeowners between... Frankly, right, white, rich people and everybody else, yes. because our taxes are higher and they should be, but we always get them knocked down. And other people don't know how to work the process and right. things like that. And uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it is it is weird how our whole process sort of assumes that they're going to tell you you owe more than you should, on the expectation that you will hire somebody to argue with them. And then they will bring it down to level that they probably wanted in the first place. So it's it's a I, weird broken system. It is a it is a question though I've I've had especially since Keggy took office. Like I agree with you that that was the process for a long time. I don't know that it's still inflated, but I don't I don't know. My taxes are lower than I thought they would be when I bought my house. But you're a pessimist. <laughs> But I am a pessimist. Um, so yeah. So then we governor's got the race. governor's race. We've got uh, the leading Republican. So I mean, obviously, the election hasn't happened, but currently, it's looking like Darren Bailey yeah. is going to uh, win the nomination. He's crushing and Irvin, who's a former South suburban mayor under indictment and funded by Citadel. So this is where this comes back to the market stuff, right? So Citadel, big short sellers. Hedge fund, um, Ken Griffin, CEO of Citadel, billionaire, uh, funded Rauner's campaign. Yep. Has, you know, funded the Illinois Policy Institute and also funding this Irvin guy. Um, just throwing money down a rat hole. Irvin's going to lose. Yep, he's terrible. So the plan that Darren Bailey has for Illinois, I went to his website to see like mm. what is what is this guy all about, and he has a four point plan. Cool. Lowering taxes. Okay, well, that's yeah. Republican. That's what he does. All right, fine. Uh, reopening the economy and creating jobs. Okay, literally everybody has that plan. Whatever. Yeah. Protecting the Second Amendment. Okay. Okay. Fighting for the unborn. Oh, see, I read that as fighting the unborn, not for. I missed the oh, four oh, part. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Fighting. Yes. Those would be. Fighting the unborn would be a Different. weird, like WWE thing. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I so it's know. probably fighting okay. for the unborn. Yeah, oh, that. Oh, that's a. Na- oh, you know yeah. what? Maybe that. Maybe I type of this. Maybe there's a wrestler I'm not aware of called the Unborn. Uh, I would. And I he's would not gonna be fight surprised. that guy. Would not be surprised. I. I'm. I'm up for that. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't I, vote for him to see it, but. I, I gotta say, like, I'm not concerned about. I am not concerned about 
the governor's race in Illinois at all. No, because basically we're going to get a nominee, and then and then Prisker is going to drop a pile of money on the person's head. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to crush them. Um, but you know, as much as I'm, I feel very confident about that. Like, like vote everybody. Like, like I feel like yeah. I'm very worried that we're going to get November, and it's going to be just a bloodbath because everybody's like, "Well, we're never going to win. It's going to be. It's I don't care. It's inflation's bad." Guest prices are bad. Okay. And then we're just going to be like, we're going to wake up at the end of November, and we're going to be like, oh, a bunch of people who don't believe in democracy are now counting the votes, Yeah, and it's going to be bad. And that will be bad. Um, and Prisker has been way above my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were having this conversation yeah. uh, the other day, like how many people that we supported or didn't support have surprised us, and yeah. Prisker's been... He's been good. He's been he's been really good. Uh, uh, Trump is going to be here uh, in Illinois, stumping for uh, two candidates for Congress. Uh, but he's going to be holding a rally in a part of the state that's not represented by either of them, which makes total sense. <laughs> um, that sounds on brand. And and I think in the next pod we should start talking. This is crazy about the city elections because we've got new maps finally. Yep. The word maps came out. Uh, we totally didn't cover it when we should have. Uh, the new ward maps are out. We didn't have to go to referendum. That was where we thought we were all going to go. Um, we can talk about them in detail. My ward got changed. Your ward got changed. But I am still in the ward I want to be in, so I'm happy. I'm in the and same And that's ward. all that matters here. That's all that matters, Steve. Right. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Um, you know, the that elect. It, one of the things that's interesting about it is, like, it's basically we get into, you know, we have the primary now. Okay, fine. Um, the primary for the, f like, the federal elections. This doesn't affect the mayoral elections, right. the municipal elections. But then we get through November, and then it's like you got a couple months, and it's like, okay, we're there. We're now doing the municipal yeah. elections. And, and, and yeah, of course, those, those are in a shitty weather time of year because that's helpful for the incumbents. It is. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. That is all of... All the news that's Entirety fit to of not politics. Print. Uh, fit to podcast. Awesome. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll try to be a little more regular about this, but, you know, we life, will be. And life and all that. Plus, I screwed up and just didn't actually edit the last version of the podcast. Maybe I'll publish that while I'm editing this one just for, you know, historical archives. You get a, get a double dose of fine draft politics, NFT-based podcasting so there right. you go right click everybody right right click, click. stay safe right click bye-bye bye-bye and now a special extra bonus episode because steve was too lame to edit the file a couple weeks ago enjoy Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm one of your hosts, Steve. And with me here, as always, it's EJ. And I'm coming to you live with the spirit of the band Stained because it's been a while. It has been a while again, in fact. Again. Uh, yeah, our, our, our recording schedule's been a little little off. You know, we I think kind of our ideal at this point is like every other week. But, you know, keep, keep following the feed. Podcasts will keep yeah. going out. They'll, they'll come out. 
We like that surprise. Yeah, that's you know? right. You'd be like, you're just going through your podcast. You're like, oh, I'm so bored with all of these true crime <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. I wish something new would come out. And suddenly, there, it there is. we are. Like, if only I could get away from people who knew anything about anything and just listen to two guys drinking beer. And there you go. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, we had primaries yesterday. There we were didn't. primaries. Not he, we didn't. Illinois didn't. But there were primaries yes. yesterday. Yes. It's been I, I, like it was kind of exciting. Was that yesterday I was, or I think two that days was the day ago? Before. It was two days ago. It's, a, it's all blur. It's all blur. I but I, I I was like, I realized how I how I had missed scrolling my phone and like refreshing and looking at returns coming in from Pennsylvania. Right. All right. So yeah. Uh, so top of the Pennsylvania primary news. Uh, Fetterman. Uh, beat out Connor Lamb pretty solidly, uh, and it looks like with that uh, with that race, you know, Fetterman was the only one who really had good statewide name recognition, and you know he's been uh, you lieutenant know governor. part of the politics there for yeah. a while. He's been lieutenant governor, um, you know, ended up winning sixty percent of the vote, something like that. So pretty clear lead there, and I mean, we now know he is going to face a Republican in the general election. But we do not know which one. We do not know which one. So his options are Dr. Oz, who does not live in Pennsylvania, or David McCormick, who yeah. does not live in Pennsylvania. No. So it's uh, Huckster TV doctor who is or very rich. hedge fund manager. Or hedge fund manager. He's yeah. also very rich. Some great choices there. And like as of the last time I checked earlier today, they were separated by less than a, a thousand votes. Yeah, fewer than a thousand that. votes. And one of the reasons that it's taking so long, you're going to love this, is because there was a problem with mail-in ballots. <laughs> where my favorite, either a misprint, it's the hanging chad of yeah, the 2020s. Yeah. So either a misprint or something else meant that they had to essentially redo. The vote, so that they're going to take the ballots out, I think, and then remark them, and then put them through the counters. So, and it was something like thirty thousand votes. Yeah. On Wednesday morning, that were still, they didn't know what was happening. So yeah. it's going to take some time. And you know, assuming that, uh, and the the area of the state where those need to come in from have been running pretty close. So there's an automatic recount if it's under half a percent. So there's going to be a recount yeah. without so, any doubt. Buckle up if you're in the GOP in Pennsylvania. It might be a while. Uh, Trump, of course, uh, backed Oz and is very much wanting him to just declare victory because yeah. technically he's slightly ahead right now uh, because that's how Trump do. But uh, Oz, Oz seems to have slightly more respect for the way dem democracy actually works. So, so far, he has not done that. Well, I mean, it doesn't do him any good to do it because the people who are actually certifying the election aren't going to listen to him. Probably not. Um, the other, though, interesting thing that's also Trump-related is that David McCormick has hired uh, one of the people who was working for Trump on Election Day who spearheaded the lawsuits in Pennsylvania to try to overturn them. So maybe there's just not a lot of Republican aligned election lawyers and so they've all dabbled in that work. Is yeah, that, maybe, you know? That that's entirely true. I mean, what else, what else were they doing and yeah. you know, they got to get their billable hours. What? Right. <laughs> exactly. And and sort of also related to both Pennsylvania and insurrectionists. 
Um, the Republican nominee for governor uh, is a guy <laughs> named Doug Mastriano. So yeah. he was a state senator uh, previously. He's a hoot. Mm. <laughs> In sort of that fascist, I'm not into democracy kind of yeah, way. Yeah, so he went to... He went to the rally on January 6th. He said he didn't go to the Capitol, um, but he also said, yeah, maybe those people should have. Um, said the election was stolen, has been, you know, ran a fake audit, all of those things. Was endorsed by Trump at the very end. Um, Which and, is funny because you'd, you'd think, like, he's a total Trump-aligned guy. Like, Well, yeah, but I, I think the... The word on the street was that Trump wouldn't endorse him because he didn't think that he did enough on the audit. Okay. He didn't. I, I don't. So, good that he tried, but he needed to try harder. I guess. Okay. I guess that was it. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, look, the, the, Democrat, uh, uh, the Democratic nominee, and there wasn't even a, a, a race, right? So, he ran unopposed uh, uh, Shapiro. Um, had been the attorney general. Um, the, the governor in, in Pennsylvania is term limited, so Tom Wolf had to go. Um, here's the thing. Here's the reason why this is really scary, right? Because nobody, you know, could Mestriano win? Yes. One of the first tasks of the governor is to appoint the secretary of state. Right. So if you have an insurrectionist... Let's, somebody, let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's cut right to the chase. Is if, if he becomes governor of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is no longer a democracy. Right. If Republicans win, he'll let it happen. If Republicans don't win, he won't let it happen. Exactly. Very straightforward. So exactly. if our next uh, presidential election were to come down to the electoral votes in Pennsylvania, the Republicans would win. And democracy would be uh, uh, dead. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, uh, so, so if you need me in November, I will be canvassing in Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, not uncoincidentally, uh, Netroots Nation is in Pennsylvania this year, and in Pittsburgh. Oh, so, Pittsburgh. go Love there the and get your get your uh, your activism on early if you like yeah. uh, in August. Love the Berg. Uh, also, we had uh, North Carolina's primary, uh, and uh, look. The only thing that was interesting about that that we really want to talk about is that my friend and yours, Madison Cawthorn. He has fallen, everybody. Let, moment of silence, moment Madison of, Cawthorn. So anyhow. So uh, anyhow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and clearly this wasn't a, you know, oh, he just didn't run a good race. Like, establishment Republicans actively work to get rid of yeah him. so it's interesting is because there was some redistricting that happened and he was debating about what district to run in and so he was talking about possibly running a different district than what he has been representing so in the meantime other people jump in the race he decides okay that's where i'm going to run and all of the establishment people also get behind one candidate to then take him out yeah. so as we know the rule of cocaine orgy fight club is Make sure that you don't talk about cocaine, cocaine orgy fight club. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know that they're fighting at it, but I have to believe they were, or All somebody right. was. Somebody was. Somebody was. Um, I, and then in Ohio, J.D. Vance, the guy who ran or wrote "Hillbilly Elegy," won that race, and which was, I think, a little surprising. Um, but I don't know why. 
I don't know why the Republicans are... Nobody they're running for Senate has any experience whatsoever. That's Well, that's why. Yeah. I mean, it... It's not like Trump had any experience. From Herschel Walker oh, yeah. to J.D. Vance. They like outsiders. Yeah. Fight the power, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really quite scary. And uh, Yeah. Um, so, J.D. Vance will... It'll be a race with Tim Ryan. Um, and, and having seen Tim Ryan's performance in the presidential campaign in 2020... Maybe it'll be better at the state level. I'm... I'm I'm not, I'm not optimistic, people. That's all I'm saying. Now, granted, this is a seat that's already controlled by the Republicans. So yeah, it's Rob we Portman's aren't seat. losing ground if this doesn't go well. And it is Ohio, which isn't really good generally no. for us. But I was like a little worried. I'm like, like, wait, did Sherrod Brown step down? Like, I had to no. double check that real quick. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I would have known that. Yeah, you would have known that. Yeah. No, it'll be okay. It's, yeah. Or it'll be the same, probably. But you never know. I mean, J.D. Vance could run a terrible, terrible campaign. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things like have happened. Trump winning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, we'll see. And I, I guess you know so we've had some takeaways from the first, you know, couple rounds of uh, of primaries. You know, Trump is like three for nine or something like that. Three for ten. Well, um, you know, it's it's funny. Is like I feel like Trump has historically had a tendency to just bet on the winning horse. At the very end. At, at the very end. Um, you know, when he tries to be a little more of a, taking a lead on something, that doesn't usually pan out for him. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's like gambling, right? It's like if you yeah. just like, if you gamble and just play like, you know, fairly close odd stuff, like you will, you will vent, you will slowly lose money. Yeah. But you can always go for these like crazy extreme bets and maybe you make a bun- bunch of money, maybe you don't. But I don't know, casino analogies feel like they're appropriate for Yeah, time, it, so. it does. It does. I mean, we're gambling every time we walk out the door. That's right. Uh, the other thing is, and I think we should be keeping track of this, like the number of people who are who have won primaries, who are, you know, believe the election was stolen and have run on that is disturbingly high. Yeah. And that's sort of across the country. I mean, that's just, yeah, I mean, that is, you know, if you look at the... Republican primary for governor in Pennsylvania, the one where the clear, you know, 1-6 lunatic is the one who won. There's just like this, there is a plurality of Republican voters who show up in primaries and vote for this stuff, who want the most fascist person they can find and happily will support them. Yeah. You know, and and, and I guess our, our hope is that come the general that the the remaining part of the Republican Party will come to their senses and, and not go down there, but history has not reflected well on that possibility. No, no it really hasn't. Um, it's kind of terrifying, like I said. Um, so anyway, I, it's something we need to keep we need to keep paying attention to. Yep. Um, yep. But I don't know how we I don't know what we do about it. We show up. We show up. We vote. We get other people to show up and vote. That's, that's pretty much. That's pretty that's much all, all it got. is. It's just that's a lot harder than just that. So uh, yeah, uh, we should talk about beer before we continue, since we we're we're we having beer, beer. Or actually, in this case, I'm having a, a cider slash beer. Oh, you got a, a cider beer. I got a cider beer. And we're here at Eris. Yes. Brewery and cidery here on Irving Park. Still, I think one of the most beautiful buildings. 
Yeah, and and you may have noticed from the sound of wind and cars going by that we are outside today, uh, partially because it's a lovely day, partially because it's medium transmission risk for COVID here in Chicago right now. It so we're going to try to yeah, outside. I, you know, previously we were not getting together if the uh, if the positivity rate was over five and it's at like six point three now. I don't even know what positivity rate even means anymore. As I, part yeah, it's of the true. I, that is that is true. I mean. Again, we didn't want to jump into that's COVID. A, but let's, let's talk about beer. Yeah, so talk, what, talk about infectious disease. What is the disease. cider beer? We, we'll get to our infectious disease segment later. <laughs> yeah, what is the cider beer that you're, you're uh, It drinking is tonight? the uh, Blushed and Happy, I think. It oh. is a rosé cider and a uh, and a Pilsner. Kind of mixed. They do those. Good. They're so good. The mixes of cider and beer that they have, and it's here. like really unique. Like I can go to a lot of places and get a cider. I can get a lot of places and get a beer. This is one of the only places I know of where you can get both at the same time. <laughs> at the same. I mean, you time. could buy. You know, you could go get a beer and a cider and just mix them. But then you're going to have half a glass of beer all over your table. So that's not really. That, good. Yeah, that's yeah. You don't want to do that. You do not want to. Uh, do that. What are you quaffing? Um, I have. Uh, it's I have one of their beers because I was being non-creative today. It's called a hop in the back. You're going to be shocked. It's a, an IPA with uh, Centennial Citra and Mosaic hops. It's it's good. Is it's there gambling nice, in this establishment? Yeah, it's it's a crisp, kind of fruity IPA. It's it's kind of perfect on a warm day. I kind of wish I would have gotten a cider beer. Now that you mentioned it, well, um, you can always have another. I yeah, I could always have another, and I probably will because probably. the cider beers here are delicious. Like I. It's one of these weird things where I think, you know, it's like you can only get it here. You could not get it anywhere else. Yep. They also have these really cool, like, spritzers, too, where they do, like, kind of spritzery cocktails with the with the cider. Yeah. Anyway, it's so all lots good. Of good stuff here out on Irving Park. Uh, it's a little more of a trek from where I am, but it is well worth it. Uh, so come check it out. Plus, yeah. they also have a very gluten-friendly menu if that's your if that's your jam. If that's your, and jam is also gluten-free. Also, yes, generally speaking. Yeah, that's good. So you just have to have gluten-free bread to put it on, or yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and they really expanded the outdoor space. Yeah, which so is cool. They used to have like yeah, so they've kind of expanded the parking lot. They've got the the concrete. It's all really just it's so good. It's so, it's good. so good here at the Aris, and great people who run it. So come on down to Eris. All right. Let's have some fried pickles. That concludes our beer segment. We also, At least while for you now. did not hear it necessarily, we're having some fried pickles, which were fantastic. Yeah, they were really good. They don't have the pretzels that normally were pretzel I was. People. I looked for the pretzels. I'm like, that would be the obvious choice. I feel like we had pretzels here before. Yeah, but that, so was, just that a, was a long time ago. You know, but that was before the end times. So yeah. now in the end times, it's pickles. It's the supply chain. Right, you supply chain. By the pretzels. way, like 20 years from now, I'm going to just blame everything on supply chains still. And people are going to be like, what the hell are you even talking about? Because we just 3D print everything that we need. Right. So let's talk about... All of the while we're waiting for other beers to show up, let's talk about all the other things that are happening at the national level right now. Because yeah. there's so so pick your lot. order. I, I'm I'm up for whatever. I mean, there's no good order. I mean, we right. could talk about using the the National Defense Production Act to make 
baby formula. Right. Which, uh, I don't know, something like 79 Republicans voted against. Uh, presumably. I don't think to, doesn't the president just do that? Isn't that just I, like. I don't know. There was some. There was something. Some yeah, yeah. Like, you guys cool with this? And they're like, no. We're like, well, we don't really care. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Screw and, babies. And what do the they know was because... <laughs> they don't donate to our campaigns. They don't vote. Yeah. Yet. Well, I mean, the whole point is that once a child is born, Republicans stop caring about them. Yeah. Just straight up. Pretty much. Uh, we don't need to talk about monkey pox. No, I think we have, to, we have to be very concerned about monkey pox because we're in the era of infectious diseases coming to kill us all and... Exactly. And they're like, no, it's not. I'm, I'm happy that I'm not actually freaked out about monkeypox because I thought that, like, once we had one pandemic, then in my head I'd be like, oh, yeah, anything could be a pandemic. But now I'm like, now, come on, we've already had one. Right. Like, there's no chance of having another one. Like, yeah, we're done. We've, we've, we've you know, that's. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're not going to talk about monkeypox, those pox. But we do need to talk about. You know, the hot conservative trend sweeping the nation right now, which is taking away women's rights. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago, there was a leaked draft of a of the Supreme Court decision around. So. So, I mean, everybody who's listening to this has already heard about this. So we're not telling anything you don't know. Uh, I think it was like I saw something where it was like basically the same number of people had heard about this as had heard about Ukraine. So like or like Russian Bay Ukraine. So it's like it's it's known. It's like even if you are paying no attention mm-hmm. to news, you probably already know about this. What was an interesting thing to see was something like 30 percent of people who live in states where abortion would become illegal under this new ruling don't know that that's the case. Right. 30% know that's the case. 70% don't didn't know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so makes more sense. there's a lot of people who are going to have a rude awakening here very soon. Or a, I mean, I suppose wow. some of them be very excited about it. But or maybe, maybe they will be. Um, um, and so, you know, since in this, just this year, there have been something like 75 laws proposed at the state level around. Yeah. Just limiting women's rights. Yeah. Um, and s- even since this draft ruling, where everybody kind of freaked out, it's just a draft. Like, they always change, whatever. Like, yeah, state governments are saying, we're, we're going to just keep, they're all one-upping one another. Yeah. Um, and today, Oklahoma signed into law that said, essentially, there is no, there are no exceptions for anything. Right. At the point of conception, abortion is illegal. Yeah. And the thing that is most alarming about the sort of the nature of this, this ruling is that it fundamentally is attacking the core of Roe. In that Roe was founded on, it was two, kind of two parts to it. One was very much focused on a, a privacy right. It was a yes. woman having that that privacy in her decisions with her doctor. And then there's a second part of it, which is like, okay, well, if we're saying that you can't make abortion illegal, 
what is a reasonable standard by which we say that's going to happen. And that's where that kind of legislating from the court side of things happens. But fundamentally, yeah. the core of it is saying you have that privacy right. And they're throwing that part out, too. Right. And they're and essentially saying anything that's not explicitly enumerated right. in the Constitution. Yes. And, there, and, and if you look at the way it's actually written, it's like very explicitly like going after other rulings that aren't rooted in like some, you know, basically weren't written down in the Bible. So like anything that's like, so gay marriage, uh, LGBTQ rights, all of that is all things that are now at risk. Yeah. Um, so, you know, gay marriage, which is, which seems like, oh, well, we've got that now. N maybe not. Yeah, and because a lot of that's based on the Oberfeld ruling. Yeah. Right? And, and explicitly in some of the notes, they call out how that was a bad ruling. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... That's very scary, too. And, and here's the thing is, you know, we like to think of our system as having these... You know, we have laws and we have standards and we have order. But fundamentally, at some point, it's all about power and the willing to exercise power. Mm -hmm. And it is this court having such an alignment that they are willing to just do this and to exercise the power that they have. The only thing that keeps them from writing a, f a finding that says, because we said so and go fuck yourself, is because then the Democrats might be pushed into overriding the filibuster, um, pushed into stacking the court, those kinds of things that they would not be willing to do right now. Because nominally there's some legal blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and that's, so it, it, once again, though, it comes down to power right. and, and the willingness well, to exercise. Yes. Where, you know. And so, of course, you might, you know that Susan Collins was very clearly outraged. Outraged. She's very upset about this because they lied to her. And she was flabbergasted that they would lie to her. And so when she was asked to put a vote on paper to say she is for a woman's right to choose, she voted in favor of it, clearly. Absolutely not. Oh, weird. Absolutely let me, not. Let me Google that. Yeah. Huh. Oh, huh. weird. Yeah. Huh. Strange. Strange. So, uh, from that happiness to another mass shooting. We had two mass shootings in the course of 24 Man, hours. And I lose track. Um, so one in Buffalo and Buffalo one in California. Yeah, the Buffalo one has been more prominently in the news, yeah. but yes. Um, so the Buffalo shooting, um, it was 10 people. Yeah. Um, the shooter was a white supremacist. 18-year-old. 18-year-old. Uh, live streamed the entire thing on Twitch. Um, and if you look at like what his philosophy was, there was a lot of stuff couched in uh, replacement theory. Mm -hmm. We're basically suggesting that you know that that we're that I mean, and it's the same thing. You go back to um, what was the march in Virginia? Um, yeah, the where, unite saying, the right. Will, yes, the, in Charlottesville. The, yes, in Charlottesville, where they were saying you will not replace us. This is a core underlying philosophy yeah. of the far right in this in I, I, this country not world pre-world war ii germany yeah well but it's it is a philosophy that has existed outside of this country oh yeah as no, well. absolutely Just but every country has their own flavor of it and it's who is yes. replacing whom yes um and 
there are a couple interesting, not in a good way, but interesting things that like his manifesto, because everybody has to have a manifesto. A lot of it was copied from the the what was written by the guy who went on the rampage in Christchurch, New Zealand. Yes. Um, and you're just like, that spreads, right? Yeah. That spreads. And you get the same rhetoric from people like Tucker Carlson yeah. every night saying the same thing. Yeah. And Newt Gingrich saying the same thing. Um, and as long as we are allowing people to sort of pretend like that's not toxic, then we will continue to radicalize people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 18. He's not, he, his brain is not fully cooked. No. He is, he, you know, and it's like, I find myself thinking about this in the context of the video games that I play. And not that I'm, and, and let me be extremely clear that I'm not saying, violent video games made him, a, no, 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 that's not how this works. But what I hear when I'm on these voice chats and video yeah. games is kids who, I'm guessing their parents aren't around, uh, saying all kinds of horrible, racist, terrible things to anybody just to get a rise out of them. Look at me, I'm being shocking and I'm young and cool and and yeah. whatever that drive is. And that's, you know, a few steps later, turns into something like this. I, <laughs> so I had heard something. I, I actually really recommend uh, the New York Times did some work around this that's very good and some of their reporting was like he got his news from reddit and 4chan and i was like well wait a minute i get my news from reddit <laughs> which part of reddit is really yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably which part of reddit <laughs> um but again you know it's it's where does the information flow how do the you know how do people get exposed to this especially in you know when they find themselves in a new bubble yeah it is it is terrifying. Uh, I, I've said that like 16 times. So let's talk about something less terrifying. Omicron. Hey, it's uh, it's still here. <laughs> yeah, still here, everybody. Still still a pandemic. Uh, yeah, uh, we're at medium transmission levels here in Chicago, as we mentioned. So uh, we're at that point where the city of Chicago recommends that you mask up when you're indoors with people that you can't confirm their vaccination status. Which really is just a way of saying in public anywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm personally just trying to you know make sure if I'm eating out, I'm outside, and I wear a mask when I'm in the grocery store or whatever. Or, you yeah. know, if I go to Starbucks, I don't necessarily mask up, but I'm just going in and out very quickly, so it doesn't really much matter. But it's like just taking a little extra precaution. Yeah. Um, so I've I've traveled the last two weeks. Yeah. To uh, the United Kingdom. And to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm sitting approximately two feet from him, everybody. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> I did take a rapid test. You did take a rapid test. When, so. I got, when I got home. But, well, and I had to take a test to get back into the U.S., of course. Ironic. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> they just need to just be done with that. Like, if you guys don't even care if people wear masks on the plane, yeah. like, why are you doing that? I, and it, so it's, it was really interesting to me. I was, I was curious to see how what it was going to be like traveling after the mask mandate was gotten rid of. And I would say on the flight to Europe, 20% of the people were wearing masks. 
Um, on the flight back, it was a smaller percentage. Uh, on the flight down to Charlotte, there were like four of us wearing masks. Yeah. On the way back, though, there were more people wearing masks. <laughs> interesting. It, I, I found it. I found it really interesting. Yeah, I uh, we flew to Texas a couple weeks ago, and there people were wearing masks, but it was like, yeah, I would say probably, you know, 15, 20% of the plane. Yeah. Like, it was not not a lot. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Like, once we were, once I was off the plane, like, nobody was wearing a mask in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Nobody was wearing masks in London. Um, although again, transmission rates are are different. London already kind of went through their right their, their, their Omicron bump again, B yeah. Slash Q forty nine A variant, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, New York City is pretty, you know, pretty bad again. Yeah, and so we're, you know, it's it's the thing is is like the 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 hospitalization rates and those sorts of things are definitely better. Because people have had prior exposures, they've had yeah. vaccines, and all of that. So the resu- the outcomes are better, but it's still there is still long COVID. There is still, you know, the possibility. You know, especially people who have there are people who fit into certain risk categories based yeah. on their health that are still at risk, whether they had a vaccine or not. That you know they could still have a bad outcome. Yeah. Um, it's so better it's, not to get it. I yeah. Mean, I think- it, it's really <laughs> like. Like, I definitely feel a certain, I, and I'm, I'm, if I'm being honest, I feel like there's a certain, like, I almost kind of wish I got it just to be done with it. Like, okay, I've done this now, and, like, it's okay. But at the same time, like, yeah, but it might not go well, so yeah. I don't really want to do that. Well, and I know more than one person who's had it more than once. Yeah. So. Um, well, I, yeah. I gave blood last week, and part of what comes back is whether or not you have antibodies and yeah. sort of what level they're at. Yeah. And it was like... Uh, it said something like reactive plus means you have enough antibodies in your, your blood that your plasma could be used as convalescent plasma. So wow. I was like, hey, that's great. And then I made the mistake of sending a screenshot of that to Katie, who immediately thought that I had tested positive for COVID. Oh, yeah, no. Um, and of well, course, that could context be, is yeah. valuable there. And the thing, the thing about it is we don't know if that's because of exposure through a vaccine or exposure through... Right. In the it's wild. It's impossible to tell. It's impossible to um, tell. Which is the whole point of the vaccines. Which is um, the whole point. Because COVID can't tell either. That's true. Um, yeah, so I think, like, my one of my big concerns right now, though, is that the funding for COVID-related things is uh, not there right now. Like, I mean, we've got, like, yeah. whatever we sort of had before, but, like, they've asked for more money to be spent uh, to make sure that we're prepped for the fall to make sure we have money to fund vaccines and tests and um, uh, monoclonal antibodies and those kinds of, like all the pills mm. that we have now, all of those kinds of treatments. Plaxivil. Uh, Plaxivid. Plaxivid. There we go. Uh, Plaxico ask your doctor about Plaxivid. Exactly. Um, Do you have the COVID? So the funding for that is vaporizing. And so there's a very real chance that we get around and like maybe there's some new variant come fall we don't know i mean certainly we can expect that there'll be increased transmission in the fall just because people yeah. are inside and the variant continues to evolve it seems like everything right now is a subvariant of omicron which kind of makes sense because omicron was such an evolutionary leap yeah 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 um but you know i hate to just sort of trust to well we've got it under control 
and find out otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we do. Um, I'm also just not sure about the numbers, right? Like, do I trust the numbers that I see? Not because I think people are fudging them. I just think that, you know, there are a lot of people who are testing, testing positive yep. and convalescing at home. Yep. Right? Anyway, you know, I mean, national-wise, there are other, you know, kind of fun things we've, to talk we've about. We've got inflation. we got inflation. That's pretty much all we got to for that. And yeah. it's just, we got inflation. Yeah, inflation. Whatever. It's inflating. Uh, it's like the 70s, everybody. Get out your uh, your bell-bottoms. Was that 70s? Now it's 60s. I don't know. I, I only remember the 70s vaguely. Yeah, 70s vaguely. Most people do. Um, uh, so, remember the census? So, uh, yes. Yes, I do remember uh, they, that. They I just finished their sort of assessment, right? Their audit of the of the of the census and it came back 14 states have statistically significant miscounts. There's Six a states shock. are undercounting. Uh, Texas and Illinois amongst them in the 1%, 2%, but Tennessee and Arkansas they both estimate to be 5% undercounted. And on the bright side, at least suggests it wasn't like yeah. conscious bias. It was just just bad counting. Yeah. And Eight states are overcounted. I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know how you count. Like you're counting people are on vacation? I don't. Well, maybe because it was Hawaii right. at 7%. <laughs> right. Se- like, like that's that's huge. Yeah. Delaware at 5.5%. I mean, I guess there are only like 26 people well, in Delaware. So. No, no, no. This, that's easy to explain. Corporations are people. Corporations are people, too. There you go. That's true. Problem solved. Um, uh, yeah. We should talk about Ukraine a little bit. It's yeah. weird because it's been such a stalemate. It's not as we like everything else. We get used to it, you know. So it's yeah, not it's as not shocking. as prominently in the news. So like the overall flow of things has been there was sort of the initial attempt by Russia to kind of get a quick win, yeah, take the capital. That didn't work for them. They've now focusing on the the very easternmost parts of Ukraine. It seems like what's happening is that there's there is at least like the international community has been investing more in giving Ukraine the weapons they need to be more offensive because they have yep. to push Russia out of the place that they've dug into. But there's not I don't get the clear sense that Russia has made any sort of real kind of permanent gains there. It doesn't seem like they have. Yeah. Um, no gains. Not going to the gym. And the weapons and money continue to flow in. Uh, the U.S. approved forty billion dollars in aid today. That's a which, good which originally number. when they tried to do it, it was uh, our favorite. Uh, our, our, and I was going to say our favorite douchenagel senator from Kentucky, but there's two of them, so yeah, it's hard to know it doesn't even about, narrow it down, right? Some douchenagel in Kentucky uh, yeah. was against it. it. It was the Rand Paul, the more punched of the two. Yeah. <laughs> sadly, uh, sadly, the more punched. Um, they. <laughs> I, I was reading some things about how Russia's propaganda is changing, and that includes things like we're using a secret laser weapon. Okay. And people were comparing that to the propaganda from the Nazis in World War II okay. as they were losing, and they're like, oh, we've got the secret weapon. It's going to turn the tide of the war. Is this tied to the Jewish space lasers thing? I, it may be. I maybe like it is. Yeah, could be the same. Maybe it is the Marjorie Jewish Taylor space. Green's involved in this somehow. I, the, they always are. Um, uh, the other really interesting thing, you know, and lasting thing, things maybe, one is that food is a real problem. Ukraine was a huge exporter of grain and fertilizer. 
Yeah. Uh, the grain to the world food program. Russia also exported those things and still can under the sanctions, but they're not doing it. Um, and now the reality is, we have plenty of food on this planet to feed everybody. It's just a matter of like, once again, supply chains yeah. and like the logistics of getting it to different yeah. places, and you know, it it just makes everything more expensive and, and harder to get to. Correct. And Russia is blockading Ukrainian ports. And so that will have a knock-on effect in terms of right. food scarcity around the world. Yep, exactly. Um, the breadbasket of Europe is yeah. Ukraine. Um, the other thing is Sweden and Finland moving towards NATO membership. Yes. Um, I know Turkey's got some objections there, but, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I was reading a, a good article about this where they were talking about, like, well, why are they doing this now when it, when... If anything, Russia has demonstrated that they can't really do invasions very effectively. So what are you all worried about now? I mean, it's like when the when Russia was at its preeminence, you know, when it was the Soviet Union and had a much greater military than it is now, they were taking a policy of neutrality. But, you know, so what changed? It was like, well, before there was no clear in indication they would use that power. Right. Whereas now it's just like, well, we don't have much of an army, but we will definitely bomb the shit out of you. It's it, like, okay, yeah, we got to. And I, I loved a, uh, a Finnish general. Uh, came out and said, like, we invite the Russians to come and join, you know, their the 200,000 of their comrades who died here when they invaded, like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the Finns just, they just lean in, right? It's called Sisu. It's like this Finnish bravery. Um, so there's that. Uh, and I do want to just note that during this time, we did get our second beers. Yes. Sure, good. I have a cider that is strawberry and mint, and it's delicious. Excellent. That sounds very perfect for this weather. It is. It is perfect um, for this weather. And I got a cider that involves uh, mango blended with a beer that involves, uh, it's actually Hops. the IPA that, uh, huh. that EJ was drinking, and uh, it's quite good. Like, the cider balances out the hoppy thing, yeah. so it really actually is yeah, a very I nice Yeah, I mean, that's combo. why those blends are so amazing. Yeah. I think we should just touch on Chicago before we sign off for today. Yes. Because Lori Lightfoot, who has officially announced that she's running for mayor again. <laughs> I keep wanting to say there's no way in hell I'm voting for her, but I don't know who she's running against. Yeah, I, there's, <laughs> there's always a chance. Because I feel like there's going to be, like, some guy who, and it, it will be a guy, who's, like, you know, a fascist wannabe. He'll be, he'll be, he won't be an un, unaffiliated independent. <laughs> it's gonna be a fascist, like yeah, maybe the head of the like, the secret to solving the city's problems is cracking skulls, and I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, well, well you I know that the former president of the Fraternal Order of Police is running, so well, you'll have that option at the very least. <sighs> Anyhow, yeah, and, and Lori, you know, so two interesting things. One is to combat crime. There's now a curfew. Well, there was a curfew. But now it's an earlier curfew. I see. So okay. it was an 11 o'clock curfew. Now it's... Now it's a 10 o'clock curfew. Ooh. So, you know, kids, if you're going to commit crimes, do it a little earlier. 9.15. Yeah. Then you still have time to get you home. got 9.15, you got time to get away, get home, yep. pretend nothing happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, and this is all prompted. There was a shooting uh, at the Bean uh, or in the vicinity of the Bean. I don't, think the, I don't believe the Bean actually committed the crime, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, we don't know. Um, we don't and know. So you can't Lightfoot take a picture is like, of we it. we got to so. crack down on this. we got to do something. And so now there's this curfew. There's also a specific part about it that's saying 
uh, no unattended minors at the curfew or at, excuse me at the being on weekends or week. I wasn't sure it was weekends or weekends nights, but it, it, but it didn't seem to make a, a lot of sense. Specific to me. Yeah, there's <laughs> being specific now, rules. Now here's the thing that makes me angry and why it's in our show notes is uh, there is an exclusion where if you're a child and you are going to a concert and you can prove you went to that concert you can ignore this curfew so if you're going to Lollapalooza and having a good time that's okay if you can afford the 300 plus dollar ticket to do that if you are a kid who can't afford that and just hanging out with your friends downtown under the same circumstances you can be arrested I'm sure that's targeted at all just here's the other thing if the problem is uncontrolled mob violence in different parts of the city yeah why would you make an exception for something called riot fest <laughs> right right that feels riot like a, that feels like a great pun to end this sh- yeah the show on. <laughs> yeah uh, there's there's one bit of local news. I'm going to skip it for now because it's you know just evolving. But there was a, a, a there was a shooting of an unarmed kid once again, and so maybe we'll we will sync up again sooner so we can talk about whatever came of it. But um, well, I'm not traveling for at least another day. So okay. No so yeah. So uh, we'll talk more about primaries. Those are coming up at the end of June, and we haven't really talked much about local politics. Uh, yeah. So we need to catch up on that. And uh, that's pretty much it, everybody. It so thank Stay you for safe. tuning in. We will be certain to do this again at some point. Support your local brewery. Stay safe. Get out. Vote. Advocate. Do all those fun things. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.